This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. It isn't about trying to mimic. It isn't about trying to fake or pretend. What it is, is it's learning how to add flexibility to your behavior. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hey guys, now is your chance to check out all of the incredible photography education we have available for you at theportraitsystem.com. For only $7, you will get access to over 1,000 videos, including pricing, posing, marketing, lighting, sales, inspiring photo shoots, self-value, and more. Yes, you'll get your first month for only $7 when you become a pro member, and you'll get access to the full download library with posing guides and workbooks and so much more. Also, this includes a pricing calculator, a studio startup timeline, our weekly live broadcasts, including Sue Bryce's live talks, access to our private members-only Facebook groups, special discounts on photography products, and so much more. Head over to theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7 to get your first month for only $7. That's theportraitsystem.com and enter the code PODCAST7. My guest on this episode of The Portrait System is the amazing Nikki Rausch with Sales Maven. I've been learning about selling with integrity from Nikki for almost 10 years now. She is an expert in teaching how to sell, and she has coached thousands of entrepreneurs into higher sales averages and booking more clients. It is such an honor to have Nikki on today, and I promise you will learn some golden nuggets during her interview. Okay, let's get started with Nikki Rausch from Your Sales Maven. Hi, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to have this uh, conversation with you. Me too. It's it's funny because for for the listeners out there, you are one of my dearest friends, and we uh, speak on Voxer all the time. But we haven't done one of these in a really long time. I was on your podcast, but you haven't been on this one. I have not been on this one. I was on your Busy as a Mother podcast. Ah, yes, that's right. Yeah, so people who listen know about my Busy as a Mother podcast. I haven't really talked about it much. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, if anyone wants to listen, I think I have like 16 or 17 episodes. And then I stopped because I was really kind of doing it for fun. Yeah. And I had to, you know, cut something out because I was just spending too much time doing too many things. <laughs> but I love that podcast and I loved your episode too. Yeah. And I loved you on my podcast. You, uh, Your episode, I think, is in my top three downloaded episodes. It's so no good. Way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an honor. Thank you. Well, your podcast is Sales Maven podcast, right? Yes. Yep. Cool. So if anyone is looking, and we'll talk a little bit more at the end where people can find you. But All right. So this will be an interesting story, I think, for photographers listening, because the way that you and I met was at a women's show. It was the Northwest Women's Show in Seattle. And we had booths across the aisle from each other. And yeah. this was, this was what, 2013? I think 14? so. I think it was... I think it was 2013. 
Yeah, I think I, it was. I was actually helping somebody else. <laughs> and I so I wasn't even there representing my business. I was mm-hmm. helping somebody else run her business. And I was just at the very beginning stages of starting my business when we met. Yeah, yeah. And I should also say that you're not a photographer. No. You are a... Well, why don't you tell people exactly like what it is that you do, just just starting out? Yeah. So I'm a sales coach and trainer, and I specialize in the conversation of sales. So I teach people how to be more strategic in their conversations so that they're able to build rapport quickly. They're able to identify if they're talking to an ideal client or somebody they should bless and release. And Mm -hmm. when they are talking to an ideal client, how to move that person seamlessly through the sales process and get to the place where you exchange services or product for money. Oh, so amazing. And I've seen, I mean, I've taken your trainings. You've helped me immensely with my pricing, my sales, with all of it. And, you know, something that we talk about quite a bit is is there are certain things that you have to have if you're going to have a successful business. And, you know, being a photographer, you have to have a strong portfolio. It doesn't need to be the best portfolio in the world, not even close to the best (laughs) portfolio in the world, but it has to be professional standard. And another Mm -hmm. thing we always talk about is being able to make connections with your clients to build those relationships. And hearing you talk about how you're you're building this rapport and connection that is all part of the sales process, even if they don't realize it, these potential clients, you're kind of doing that throughout the whole process, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about it is, I think people often forget that we like people who are like us. We feel connected mm-hmm. to people who are like us. And we think people who are like us are smart. And we like to give our money to people we like and who are smart. And who are good at what they do. And so you have to be able to build that connection. And this isn't about manipulation. This is just about learning how to adjust your style to make it easy for somebody to be in conversation with you, to make it easy for somebody to feel safe with you so that they're open to hearing about your packages or they're open mm-hmm. to standing in front of you when you've got a camera in your hand. And, you know, that's a vulnerable spot for people to be. To be. And mm-hmm. rapport is so crucial to the success of the shoot and success of earning their business. Yeah. It, it, this is something we've talked about. I have a Facebook group for photographers and we've talked about how sometimes it makes sense to mirror your clients, whether it's body language or the way they write. And I know this is something that you have taught and I've learned from you and I screamed from the rooftops to other photographers about you. But something that came up is, well, I kind of am who I am. So, you know, how much do I have to alter like my personality to build rapport and to you know, like you said, people who are like you, if you're like, if they feel like they're like you, they trust you, they Mm -hmm. think you're smart, that sort of thing. Like, how do you stay authentic and do what you need to do to earn their trust? Yeah, I think that's a really valid question because it isn't about trying to mimic. It isn't about trying to fake or pretend. What it is, is it's learning how to add flexibility to your behavior. So if you think about your behavior will be like on a spectrum, right? So you can be clearly on one side or clearly on the other, or you can move sometimes and get more towards the middle. And so my all-time favorite quote, which I feel like is kind of a representation of what I teach, is blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. (laughs) And the idea is that you don't have to 100% change who you are or how you are. But if you're willing to add a little flexibility to what you're doing and how you're showing up in a conversation to put the other person at ease what will happen is the other person will also start to adjust to you. So you guys will find this happy medium. Because even some of your closest friends, if if you you know break it down and you go like, are you guys exactly alike? No. I mean, think about us. You know, we've been right, friends right. for a long time. We've done a lot of work together and we're not exactly alike, but we love being around each other and we enjoy our time together. We're not the same. But we do mm-hmm. find we do find common ground. 
You know, yeah. there's probably things that you talk about with your other friends that you and I have never even like broached that topic because it's not necessarily relevant in the conversation or it's just not something that we're both interested in, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just learning how to show up and add just a, a little bit of your flexibility. So matching and mirroring is a really important concept. And when you match and mirror, you should only match and mirror about about 50 to 60% of the other person's behavior. And you don't match and mirror everything about somebody because that's mimicry, which feels inauthentic and weird. Right. But for instance, right. if you know, if you're talking to somebody and they have a really fast rate of speech and you're kind of you have a slower rate of speech, it will be hard for them to be in conversation with you. So if you're willing to speed up just a little bit, what will happen is it'll be easier for them to hear you, listen to you longer, and they'll start to slow down a little bit to match you. So again, you'll find this happy medium with people if you're willing to adjust. But your job is to adjust first. Because if you show up with this attitude of like, hey, this is me, take it or leave it, Mm -hmm. a lot of potential clients will leave it. They'll go find somebody else to work with. There's a lot of photographers out there. And you might be the very best, but we want to give our money to people who are like us, who make us feel comfortable, who go out of their way to adjust to us. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, this is all super good information. And I know I kind of jumped the gun a little bit because I, I know you're going to get into tons more sales strategies and just ways to connect with people and all, and all the good things. But I, I really just wanted to ask you that question before I forgot it because I think it's an important, you know, it's important something important to think about when it comes to, you know, mirroring and yeah, kind of, yeah, client behavior. But yeah. let's back up a little bit because I, you know, with my personal branding work, it was right after, shortly after I met you, that it re- like I really started to blow up as far as having mm-hmm. regular clients coming in. And because I remember you said you were like, I have this women's networking group that you should join. Yeah. And I was like, you do? What is it? Tell me about it. <laughs> and the next thing I know, you had introduced me. I think you introduced me to a couple groups, but the one that Eastside Women in Business, that's no longer, unfortunately, it's no longer right. around. But that one, I started going religiously, like mm-hmm. showing up to all the meetings. And you introduced me to people just so kindly and just, you know, spoke your praises about me. And it was so wonderful to have you as like a partner in crime in the room. So I always really appreciate that about you. Thank you. I don't know if I tell you that enough. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I remember, you know, I think that's one of the things that connected us right away is that we both love business and we love our businesses. And so strategy is something that you and I talk about a lot. And I said, gosh, you know, I have this great networking group. I feel like there's a lot of business there for you. And man, there was, right? Like Mm -hmm. I literally just did a VIP day with a client last week who brought you up in the meeting because she was talking about her photos. And she was like, well, really? yeah, she was like, Nikki, you know, Nikki Klosser is my photographer and now she's in Michigan and I don't know what I'm going to do and I, I need to get updated photos. So we were talking about it and she was like, but you know, you can't replace Nikki. And I'm like, I know, I've had what, five, six photo shoots with you. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so, that's so wonderful to hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm sad that I'm no longer in Seattle to service those clients, but at the same time. I'm happy to be in Michigan, but yeah, yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know, again, networking meetings. I don't want people to think that oh, I just started going, and then all these clients snowballed in. Like it, it took work. It took building the report, like you were talking about. It wasn't me walking into these meetings thinking I'm going to book, you know, ten shoots today, and they're all going to want me and this and that. It was like, who can I connect with today? And mm-hmm. and really, that's that's what my intention going in. And, and truly, that has been amazing. And, and there were some things that you helped me with along the way during these kind of networking meetings. And I remember there was, <laughs> there was one point, you always encouraged me to kind of have my calendar open. So when someone did show some interest mm-hmm. and was showing me a, a buying cue that yeah. I should jump on it and schedule something. And I was like terrified to do that. And I remember you were like in the room and you were like, I would like to encourage you <laughs> to, 
get that person on your calendar. And I was like sweating and scared. And and the reason I'm saying this is I want people to know, like, I it's not, it, it takes practice. You know, eventually it gets a million times easier to do these things. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, getting comfortable with it first. Yeah. I remember that because you and I were standing and there was, and we were standing talking to a couple women and one woman started talking to you about what you did. Now, I hear buying signals everywhere I go. I wrote a book about them. Like I'm I'm big on buying signals. And this mm-hmm. woman gave you this buying signal and <laughs> you didn't act on it in the moment, which is what I teach. So I waited until it was just you and me and I remember I like touched your arm lightly and I said, "Nikki, I think she just gave you a buying <laughs> signal and if you go invite her, I think she'll book and be a client." And you were like, really? I don't know. And I was like, yeah, like go ask her. And you did, you went and you invited her and then you came back and you're like, she booked. I'm like, I know. Yep. <laughs> like she gave you a buying signal. You've got to act on them. And so that's, that's one of the key things. I think a lot of times most people in business, they don't even know what a buying signal is. They have no idea what to, how to recognize one. And then when they get one, what do you say next? But if you're willing to learn and if you're willing to pay attention and if you're willing to put yourself out there just a little bit and issue invitations, you will start booking clients. And you Mm -hmm. became like the queen because you booked... I mean, I I can't even count how many like women from that event that became clients of yours. So many women from our group have had photo shoots with you. Yeah. I still get referrals and I have not been to a networking meeting in Seattle in four years. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, me either. I don't live there anymore, but yeah, I stopped networking too because my business blew up and became international. And now I network with people in a very different way. I don't, I don't actually Mm -hmm. attend networking meetings, but networking is a great way to build your business locally. It's a, it's a fantastic way. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there are a ton of them, but would you be willing to share just one or two of the buying signals that you think photographers could really, you know, look out for that they might miss? Yeah. So I, in the book, there are 17 and some of them will seem really obvious, but if you don't act on it in the moment, it doesn't, you don't get credit for it. Even if you're like, oh yeah, I think that's a buying signal. Okay. But you got to act on it. That's how you get credit for it. So one of the most obvious ones is they ask about pricing and they go like, what do, what do people pay for a photo shoot? And that sounds like they're asking like for somebody else, like they've got a little friend in their pocket, like, well, what do people pay? They're asking, <laughs> what would I pay? They just don't mm-hmm. know how to frame it that way. So when you get a, a pricing question, I always want you to answer the question. And the answer is never, it depends even if there's somebody right now listening going, yeah, but it does depend. I know, but that's not the answer to the price question. So uh-huh. you give a range. Uh-huh. You could you could say, you know, my my pricing ranges between, you know, 3000 and 8000 or whatever the pricing it makes sense for you. And then you say, is that something you'd like to like schedule a time? Are you interested in doing a photo shoot? You have to invite them to the next step when you get a buying signal. So pricing is one of them. Another one, which might not seem obvious, but is if you're willing to act on it. And the thing about buying signals is you just have to be curious and you have to like check to see because maybe it isn't a buying signal. But if it is and you don't act on it, you might never earn the person's business. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if you remember Mm -hmm. this one, Nikki, because sometimes people will say, They'll tell you like they'll some about a negative experience. They'll say something like, "Oh yeah, I've worked with photographers in the past, and I've never been happy with my photo shoots." Mm-hmm. That's a potential buying that. signal. Mm-hmm. So I want you in that yep. moment to talk about what your clients experience when they work with you, and then issue an invitation. And my first buying signal to you was I remember being in that, and I meant this sincerely. I had had a photo shoot with a professional photographer. I still to this day say I'm not photogenic unless Nikki's taking my picture. (laughs) I do not like to see pictures of myself. I've never been happy with them. And I had paid a photographer to do a photo shoot with me. And I was really, really disappointed. 
not in the photographer. I was just disappointed in the result because it just confirmed for me that I was not photogenic. And then what I said to you at the booth that one day, I said, well, obviously you only photograph models. They're all mm-hmm. so beautiful. And you said, I photograph real women and they're all beautiful. And then you asked me if I wanted to do a photo shoot with you. And mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it went down to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think we spent so much time talking during that show, you know, it was, as opposed to trying to book, (laughs) book things. But But I would say it worked out for us. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said, sharing, sharing the experience, I think sometimes people worry about having to talk about themselves and what do I say? And if you can talk more about what you're going to do for that client and focus on that, it takes a pressure off of, you don't have to say anything about yourself, make it about them. Yeah, I'm going to, pose you and direct you. You don't have to worry about a thing. And when someone says, I hate having my photo taken, I always say, I love photographing people who hate having their photo taken. I just cannot wait to get you in front of the camera and tell you what to do. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, those are some really great tips. And you know, I, I know there is, there's so much to learn around this, but I don't want it. I know we can't cover everything in this episode. And I also don't want people to feel super overwhelmed, but like your your book, um, Buying Signals, Converting Casual Conversations into Sales, you said there's 17 mm-hmm. buying signal tips in there. So I just want to encourage people to check out that book if they're interested in learning more buying signals. Yeah, it's a super fast read. And it's really just learning what is a buying signal and what do I say when I get one how can I act on it? And just mm-hmm. that alone can change your business. It, it truly can. Because I think when when we are in a moment and someone, you know, you're getting a buying signal. And I, I remember clearly, Nikki, going through this where I would freeze up and not know what to say. And again, sweating and just like, there. I can't even tell you how many times I just didn't offer my business. I didn't ask for the booking because I was too nervous. Mm-hmm. If we have some sort of, I, I dare say script, but if we know what to say and it's right there at our forefront and we've practiced it and the words are just already there and we don't have to come up with something new, we are so much more likely to move forward and ask. Yeah. And this is why I do what I do is because I give people suggestions. I always call them language mm-hmm. suggestions because scripts always feels really like, uh, I, you know, I have to yeah. sound like a <laughs> yeah. robot, which is not yeah, at totally. all how I teach it. I want you to be totally. authentic. I want you to feel like it's just you speaking, you being normal and just being strategic in the conversation. So how do you issue that invitation? What are examples of invitations? And once you get that and like kind of put it in your back pocket in your toolkit, you can pull it out at any time and it becomes mm-hmm. much more natural. Like I I would suspect, I'd be shocked actually, that uh, in now, now in the current situation, that when you get a buying signal that you don't act on it unless mm-hmm. you're not interested in working with that person, which is also Correct. an option. Yes. That's what's so yes. great about having your own business is you don't have to shoot everybody. You don't have to take everybody as a client. Yep. You're exactly right. I love that. And I am to the point where where I can kind of decide now, yeah. which is which is wonderful. Yeah. And and you know, and people listening like if you don't feel like you're there yet, if if and again, it goes back to having that strong portfolio to having these skills, I should say, as far as inviting people to do business with you and knowing how to close that sale and all mm-hmm. of these things, it, it really can help just tremendously. Yeah. Now, another thing too is the worst thing someone could say is, no, I'm not interested. No, thank you. It's like, okay, yeah, Yeah. no big deal. At least I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Move on to the next. Yeah. I think people get so wrapped up in like, oh, it's going to feel like rejection. And the kind of the analogy that I often give is imagine that you went out to eat and you had a really amazing meal and the waiter comes by and says, you know, can I bring by the dessert menu and show it to you? And you, and you say to the waiter, like, oh, you know, I love dessert and I'm full. So no, thank you. I'm going to pass. 
you know, the waiter doesn't go back into the kitchen and go like, can you believe that broad? I offered her dessert and she rejected me. And so it's kind of that same thing. And if you're, if you're caught up in like, if they don't say yes, they're rejecting me. It's, it's, it's time to reframe that for your mind. And it's just, you know, you're just offering a dessert platter. And if they say no, thank you, it's like, okay, move on. Mm -hmm. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's not as big of a deal as we often make it. And, and I get it too, when you're starting out, you're like, I just need the business. I need the business, but there's lots of ways for you to grow your business without trying to convince people that they must do a photo shoot with you. And then if they say no, then you feel rejected and you feel like I'm never going to grow this business. None of that stuff is true. Right, right. I remember something that has always stuck with me that you said is no could just be not yet. And that was so true in so many cases. Nikki, I can think of so many women that we know in common who initially were like, "Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's a little bit out of my price range or I'm just not ready yet or for whatever reason. And one, two, three, even four years later, they would book with me. And okay, I don't know if you remember this, but when I came into the group, there was another photographer who was kind of the go-to and mm-hmm. and she had moved like right as I was joining, she had moved or she I was remember. doing like one last headshot. I don't even know who it is to be honest, but she was doing like one last headshot marathon or something before she was moving and it was like $150. And I was like, um, are you like, what am I up against here? Like I charge a thousand dollars, you know? For my session fee in a package, the smallest package, it's like near near a thousand dollars. I don't know if I was quite mm-hmm. starting at a thousand dollars back then. Maybe eight hundred. I, no, I, I think feel I was. like it was. Yeah, yeah, I think I was. Anyway, I remembered thinking like, how in the hell am I supposed to compete with a hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah. And when someone would ask me how much, I would panic. And you, you like talk me off the ledge a lot. You and Sue, Sue Bryce, obviously my mentor, like, well, of course, <laughs> both talked me off the ledge. Like you can do this. And I, and I did and, and it didn't happen overnight. But so I wonder if there's any advice you could kind of give to people who, okay, there is this mindset of there's a million other photographers in my town. They aren't all charged less than me. And it's something that we talk about photographer to photographer on this podcast all the time. But I'm wondering, sales coach to photographer, what advice kind of would you give around that? Well, okay. So a couple things. One is people, when you act like, okay, that's fine. You have to really learn how to stand in your authority and your credibility and not get so caught up in other people's reactions. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because... When so I I teach this thing and I say sometimes you have to play a little cat. So cat, you know, think about a cat. A cat, you know, most most cats aren't like love me, love me, love me, please love me, <laughs> right? They're like, if you want to pet me, I'm over here and you can come to me and you know, and maybe I'll be excited if you do. But for the most <laughs> part, you gotta play a little cat. And so if you feel like oh my gosh, you know, this person's charging less than me, so I can't charge that. Well, that's not true. You can charge whatever you want to charge. It's will people pay it? And, you know, again, I'm saying there's like multiple things here. One thing I will say is, if you are really clear on who your ideal client is, stop trying to chase people who aren't your ideal client. And what they think about your pricing is irrelevant. It's your ideal client. And by the way, someone can only be an ideal client for you if they will pay your fees. Otherwise, they don't count as an ideal client. Mm -hmm. So you got to get really clear on who your ideal client is. And then when somebody is like, well, so-and-so does headshots for 150, you go... Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, when clients work with me, they get a robust package and the, it includes these things. And yeah, I charge $1,000. And then you follow up the invitation. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? And then you wait. And if they go like, oh, and clutch their pearls, which by the way, people <laughs> rarely do. But if they clutch their pearls and go like, oh my gosh, no, I'm going to just pay this 150 And then you go, great, that that sounds like a good fit for you. That's playing a little cat. That's not like, well, what if I did it for two fifty? Would you do it then? You, you know, it's like you cannot chase people. If you act like you're going to chase people, they turn into toddlers. 
right? Like Mm -hmm. if you say Mm -hmm. to a toddler right now, I mean, I know your boys are older now, but you know, when they were younger, if you say to your, you know, one of your little guys and you go, I'm going to chase you. They don't even know what the game is and they're off and running. And if you act like you're going to chase clients, they're going to run because it's a game. So stop playing the game, stand in your place of authority and credibility and play a little cat. It's like, I'm, I'm here. And oftentimes they'll come back to you because we want to work with people who are incredible at what they do. We want to work with people who are going to deliver and give us an amazing experience. That's who we want to give our money to. And if people are acting like, I'm just desperate, I'll take anything and I'll do a headshot for you know, $150. Okay. That's, that may be like, they're talking to their ideal client and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're doing headshots for $150, I'm not bashing you because you might be delivering at a really high level. But if you want to work with people who, which for you, I mean, we identified you, you were really clear. You wanted to work with women in business and people who really valued photography. Mm -hmm. And so entrepreneurial women who want to put their best foot forward need to have really beautiful photos. Yes. I wrote a blog post about this years ago, and I, I think you'll remember it, Nikki. But I do. Mm-hmm. I wrote a blog about the fact that when I did my first photo shoot with you, and I updated the photos on my website with the photos that you took of me, I booked a $10,000 client. And they said to me, when they were booking me, obviously your business is really successful because look at how beautiful your website is. The only thing I had changed on my website was my photos. Mm-hmm. And that client ended up paying me more than six figures. But that first, that first like, you know, deal with them was a ten thousand dollar. And so am I willing to spend a thousand dollars to make ten thousand? Heck yeah, all day long all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've got to target who your right person is and it's okay to stand in your place of authority and be like, you know, and I know you used that article because I remember you shared it and it got like shared a bunch of times because I wrote it about you and about mm-hmm. what it did for me to really put myself and think about what was the first impression that I was making in my business. That experience that you shared with me with how you you got that big client from your photos, I kind of work that into my sales pitch with personal branding specifically because I I realize like cuz you're after you you told me that I started to hear it more often from other clients. Like I'm booking more clients, I have more to post on social media, my website looks more professional, all of these things that come with having professional photos. And so mm-hmm. I would stand up and tell people like having professional photos is likely going to book you more and make you more money in the end. And so it's something that I've sort of, in, you helped me, you know, through that experience, I infused it into my sales pitch. Yeah, the power of the first impression. So I, I teach a, I know you know this, but I teach a five-step process to a sales conversation. I call it the selling staircase. Step one is introduction and that's people being introduced to you and and in there your job is to make a powerful first impression and so you know your photos are definitely going to do that for you i mean we all i i know this sounds silly because i know i'm talking to photographers like the people are listening are photographers but you know when you see somebody's linkedin profile or you see a photo on their website and it's like you can tell they were at a wedding and they just cut off like because there's somebody's arm around them and you know it's (laughs) It's like, that's not putting your best foot forward. That's not a professional look. And people make judgments about that. People make judgments about everything. And think about, you know, for yourself as the photographer, how are you showing up in the room? How are you showing up in conversations? How are you showing up online? Because people are making judgments about you as well. And if you're showing up and you look kind of a mess, and you're not put together, like you're not on time, you're, you know, you seem like discombobulated, things are kind of all over the place. That's leaving an impression on on somebody. And it's if that's their first impression of you, then you might have a hard time earning their business and earning their trust. But if you show up from a place of like, who is my ideal client going to be attracted to? Who would they pay money to to have a photo shoot with? Am I showing up as that person? 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to just switch gears a little bit because I, th- I th- it seems like the two things that people struggle with the most, it, and this is just based on you know me asking questions and you know that of of photographers who are who are struggling. One mm-hmm. is how do I get those clients in the door? Which you know you've given us some really great suggestions there. The other thing yeah. is how to kind of sell packages. So if I have someone and I'm doing this sales session and you know, I want to steer them to my largest package. Like, is there a specific language around selling when you're like, you're on the sales floor at this point mm-hmm. in order to get yeah. people to kind of upsell or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things is when you lay out your offer, you're going to pre-frame at the beginning. So at the beginning of the conversation, so they know what's going to happen. So for instance, if you're doing like a photo reveal and you say, so you know, so what we're going to do today is we're going to look through your photos and then we'll talk about the packages available and then you can make some decisions as to what is going to be the right next package for you or or the the right package for you. So we'll go ahead and, you know, get through all of that today in the next, you know, 30 or 40 minutes or however long you're going to spend with them. And then when you lay out your packages, you always do top-down selling. So that means that you start with your biggest package first and then you work your way down in packages. So even if you say like my packages range in price from, I'm just making this up, but $3,000 to $8,000, okay? So what mm-hmm. you say then is you go, so the, so the packages range between three dollars and $8,000. Now in the $8,000 package, this is all that's included and you lay it out. And then you go, now in the $5,000 package, you get this and this, but you give up this. And then in the $3,000 package, this is just the starter package and these are the things that you get. And the reason you do top-down selling is because as humans, we don't like to have things taken away. And so we're more (laughs) likely to pick the package that is the best fit for us versus if you start at the bottom... And you talk about what you get in the basic package. And then you say, for a little bit more money, you can get this, this, and this. And for even more money, you can get this. Now you're saying to somebody, you got to pay more to get more. But if you start at the top and you work your way down, what they realize is they have to give something up in order to save money. It's a very different like shift in the way the mind works. Mm-hmm. So... If you want to sell your more expensive packages, you have to start at the top. And frankly, the other little tip, I would almost encourage you, if you want to sell your $8,000 package, then put a $10,000 package above it. Mm -hmm. So you anchor the higher price and you say, so the big Shazam package, the like, you know, get absolutely everything and all these bonuses is $10,000. And here's all the things included. Now, the $8,000 package, this is the most popular package. You get this, this, and this. And then you work, you know, and then you can work your way down. I only recommend giving three package options to a client. So recommend what they need. But if you give them like eight choices, that's like information overload and they'll get decision fatigue. So Mm -hmm. if you could just say, you know, here are the three main packages and you can anchor this higher price. Then people go, I don't really need the big Shazam. I don't need the $10,000 package, but the $8,000 package, that looks like a deal. Now it's an easier pick for them. Absolutely. It's interesting, the whole like psychology of selling, like the psychology of how this all works. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's almost like a game we have to play. (laughs) <laughs> or something. <laughs> I would say get playful. Like get playful with it. If you take it so serious and it feels like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to do it. Then you kind of show up with a little bit of that that energy. And I know you know this about energy because I feel like this is so you and you're so good about managing your energy. If you show up from a place of like, I'm excited. This is for your benefit. And I'm just here to play. And we're going to we're going to make it a good experience and regardless of what you decide, we're going to have a really good time together. 
then it takes the pressure off of you. It makes the focus on the other person and it allows them to make good decisions for themselves. So it's not trying to like manipulate somebody into paying more than they want to pay. It's helping somebody make the choice that is the best option for them. Mm-hmm. And and I love the way you just said that. It is. And because sometimes people don't know what the best option is. And we have to kind of help them see how they can use their photos. And whether it's a family portrait or a personal branding, you know, portrait session or newborn or whatever, it's it's super important to remember why these photos are valuable. You know, family photos that we're going to have for years and years and years to come. You know, long after we're gone, our family members will still have those. For newborn photos, just remembering your baby. I mean, there's just so many different important reasons to have portraits and to have, you know, obviously we've been talking about personal branding because that's just something that I've done for so long. But this really does apply to every genre. And it's kind of helping people understand why they need this. Like, if I just give you all the digitals, are you really ever going to get these photos on your wall? Mm, Probably not. I mean, okay, I know we wouldn't word it in that way. But (laughs) most people end up just, the, the files go somewhere, they lose them you know, on their computer, their computer, they get a new computer and they come back and say, oh, do you still have those digitals? And they've never printed them. You know, so if you're a a photographer who is a family photographer, that's, you can talk about why they need wall art from you (laughs) because you're going to make it really easy for them and they're actually going to have them printed. You know, whatever your shtick is that you want to, to utilize to help people understand why they need what they need. Am I making any sense? Yeah. Your job in the selling process is to be the guide. You're the expert. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know things that they don't know. And your job is to guide. So that means helping to, you know, give suggestions of ways that they could use these photos. Talk about the benefits long-term, short-term and long-term because we love short-term things, but long-term as well. And and it's again, it's to guide. It's not to try to convince people. It's not to try to change minds or any of that kind of stuff. It's just to be the guide. There's a reason they came to you. You are the expert. Always stand in your place of credibility and be willing to recommend what you know is the best option for them. And if the best option for them is your $10,000 package or your $8,000 package because of all the benefits they're going to get long-term with these photos, then recommend it. And if they go, gosh, I wish I could do the $8,000, I just can't swing that, then you can offer a step down. Yeah. It's not either buy the $8,000 package or go, go kick rocks you know, that I lost right. the deal. It's, it's we've got this $8,000 package. This is the best solution based on what you've shared is important to you about your family or about, you know, the newborn photos or whatever the, you know, whatever the, um, your specialty is. And then you go, but, you know, okay, if that's not the right fit, here's something that would still allow you to benefit from the photo shoot. You could get the, you know, the $1,800 package or whatever it is and let them decide. You're, you're dealing with adults, so they're going to make choices for themselves, but your job is to be the guide. Mm-hmm. So something I, something I talk about just when I teach about marketing and, you know, in my courses is, is utilizing everything that you're talking about, not only when you're in person speaking with someone, but also across your marketing, like websites, social media, and just infusing these messages in there almost to kind of, almost like combat these objections up front. Is mm-hmm. that something that you that you recommend and, or suggest? And if you do, do you have any tips around that? Yeah, so I call it planting seeds. So I love to plant seeds with people. One of the tips, instead of always just making statements, people love to talk at people and we're so sick of being talked at. Mm -hmm. So one suggestion is you can make an impact and plant a seed through a question. So a lot of times, you know, you could say to somebody, like, these are photos that you're going to want for your family to have access to after you're gone. 
That's a statement. That's talking at somebody. But you could also say, would your family find value in having Mm -hmm. these photos long after you're gone? So notice I planted the seed, but I asked it as a question. Question elicits conversation. Question is not like, I just drew a line in the sand and now I'm trying to force you to cross it. A question is like, it's just a question and you can say yes or no. But people are more likely to be, gosh, I hadn't really thought about how these photos and how my family will value them long term. But I'm thinking about it now because you asked me the question. So that would (laughs) be my suggestion. I love that. I love that. I love working with clients and helping them change statements into really powerful questions that gets people going like, this is why I want to work with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's one way you work with people is helping mm-hmm. people in that way, but can you kind of just share with people overall? Because I know, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time left. You know, I would just love for people to just hear about what what you do and what you offer in case someone is like, just, you know, needs next level selling, training, or coaching? Yeah. So I work with clients in three main ways. I have private coaching clients where we do deep dives into their business, could be in the form of like a VIP intensive, could be in the form of a strategy session. I have a group coaching program that is a membership-based where people get access to live coaching calls with me so that I can give them specific you know, answers to their questions, but in a group setting. Plus, they get access to my training center. I have a pretty robust training center of sales content. And then the third way is I offer masterclasses. And I teach one masterclass a quarter that's kind of a deep dive into a particular sales technique and topic. So those are the three main ways that I work with people. Awesome. And then you also have your books and your podcast. I have three books. I have the podcast. Yes. So the podcast is the Sales Maven podcast. And on there, I do solo episodes where I'm teaching concept. I do on-air coaching calls, which sometimes is really nice for people to be the, I get to be the fly on the wall and hear, you know, how Nikki would coach somebody about this. And then they can take that technique or that tip and implement it into their business. And then I also do sales success stories with clients um, where we talk about a technique that they applied and how it worked in their business. And then I guess there's a fourth one, which is what you came on and did, which is called the Mastering Excellence Series, where I interview people about their unconscious competence. And we talk about um, kind of, it's, it's a way to like kind of peek inside or peek behind the curtain and get some insight into how people do what they do. So your episode is fantastic because we're talking about creating multiple streams of income. And uh, so it was a good peek behind the curtain and how Nikki thinks about that. Yeah, that was fun. I could talk about stuff like that all day. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. And then Nikki, where can people find you um, online? I know you have all these great things, but what's the best way to find all of this stuff? Well, can I wrap it around a gift for the of listener? Course. Is that okay? Okay. We love gifts. So I have, an e- I have an ebook. It's called Closing the Sale. And it talks about, it gives some language suggestions on how to issue that invitation language, that close language. So it's about boosting confidence. And it's a really fast read, but it's packed full of great tips. So for your audience, they can get it by going to yoursalesmaven.com forward slash portrait. So that's for your audience. And then we'll be connected and you'll have access to, you know, how, like how else we can uh, hang out, but this, the podcast. And then I tend to hang out on Instagram a little bit. So you can find me there under sales maven too. Cool. There is one question I, you get. Okay. So I ask a couple questions usually at the end of each episode and you did give your favorite quote already, which is amazing. Thanks. And I know you don't do photo shoots, so I, I'll spare you that one. But the one, <laughs> one question I really wanted to ask is what would you recommend to people who are just starting out? Because you know you grew your business and you grew it I mean, incredibly, like you're so successful at what you do because you give people results and then they talk about you and they refer you and just, you know, it's just so wonderful. But, you know, for someone who's just starting out with their business, what advice would you give them? Uh, uh, Can I give two answers to that question? Of course. (laughs) The first thing I would say is 
if you're really committed to growing your business, then you need to invest in your personal and professional growth. So if there's something that you don't know how to do, then hire somebody to teach you how to do it or hire someone to do it for you because it will amplify your success. You'll get there so much faster than you trying to figure everything out on your own, which I think is why people join you know, your guys' program because you've done this great job. Sue's done this amazing job of putting together this content. So invest in yourself. And then the other thing is the most overlooked way to grow a business because people feel uncomfortable doing it, but it's actually the easiest way to grow your business is to reach out to your connections, people who know you, people who value you, people who are believers in what you're doing, and ask if they would be willing to make introductions on your behalf. It's scary to do, but most people who love you will be so happy to make an introduction on your behalf to a potential client. I mean, you know, we gave an example here about you and I met at this conference or at this women's show. And I said to you, you know, I think you would do really well at this at this networking group and you came with me and I introduced you around. It took no effort for me to introduce you and I, I didn't expect anything in return, but yet it was a great way for you to start to then build rapport with people in the room because you had somebody who was like, oh my gosh, you got to meet my friend Nikki. She is the most amazing photographer. And that's what people will do for you. So don't be afraid to ask people to make introductions on your behalf. Be gracious. Make it easy for them to do. Don't ask them to jump through a bunch of hoops and you know, call everybody they know. Be specific in your request and people will do it for you. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something I wanted to ask you about and I kind of forgot was um, referrals. Yeah. So I yeah, love referrals awesome. and I love introductions even more. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Introductions, of course. Yes. yes. Well, very cool. Thank you again. I always love chatting with you. And um, yeah, I'm excited to kind of share you with the whole portrait system audience. Well, thank very you. Cool. Thank you. This is a fun conversation. I hope this will, somebody listening will get something out of it and come back and be like, I just closed a new client using, you know, the buying signal technique or whatever it was. Yeah. Awesome. And I encourage people to share in the Facebook group too, if that is the case, because it's always fun to hear that success. So awesome. Well, thank you again, my friend. I will, um, I will talk to you soon. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.